What's up, everybody? Welcome along to America. Good afternoon, everyone. The Americana, the American way with Big John. Find me on rumble.com at Americana, the American way channel. You can find me on Twitter at the real underscore Big John. On Parlor at the real Big John. All one word. And on anchor.fm. Americana, the American way. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to announce the completion of our withdrawal from Afghanistan and the end of the military mission to evacuate American citizens, third country nationals, and vulnerable Afghans. The last C-17 lifted off from Hamid Karzai International Airport on August 30th this afternoon at 3.29 p.m. East Coast time. And the last manned aircraft is now clearing the airspace above Afghanistan. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to announce the completion of our withdrawal from Afghanistan and the end of the military mission to evacuate American citizens, third country nationals, and vulnerable Afghans. The last C-17 lifted off from Hamid Karzai International Airport on August 30th this afternoon at 3.29 p.m. East Coast time. And the last manned aircraft is now clearing the airspace above Afghanistan. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to announce the completion of our withdrawal from Afghanistan and the end of the military mission to evacuate American citizens, third country nationals, and vulnerable Afghans. Oh. The end, right? got this article as I was scrolling through my Twitter this afternoon I came across this and uh, I read the article that ABC News put up and that, by the way that guy that was talking was General Kenneth McKenzie Jr. Pentcoms Pent, <laughs> U.S. Central Command CENTCOM started to say pen. Started to say <laughs> shit. I started to say Pentagon and Central Command at once because I thought he was going to say he was a Pentagon general. It says Afghanistan update. All U.S. troops have departed. Pentagon says. Here's uh, Secretary Blinken with his version of the story. In 2016, I was working at the Amazon. As soon as we get through a commercial. So, what this is, what they're doing is, they're putting a spin on this and the media is helping them. Uh, chaos, envelope, cabal, enveloped cabal, cabal, after Afghan's government collapsed and the Taliban seized command. Alright, here's Secretary Blinken. If I can get this to cooperate. Some of the most challenging circumstances imaginable. As of today, we've suspended our diplomatic presence in Kabul and transferred our operations to Doha, Qatar, which will soon be formally notified to Congress. Given the uncertain security environment and political situation in Afghanistan, it was the prudent step to take. For the time being, we will use this post in Doha to manage our diplomacy with Afghanistan 
including consular affairs, administering humanitarian assistance, and working with allies, partners, and regional and international stakeholders to coordinate our engagement and messaging to the Taliban. Our team there will be led by Ian McCarty, who served as our Deputy Chief of Mission in Afghanistan for this past year. No one's better prepared to do the job. We will continue our relentless efforts to help Americans, foreign nationals, and Afghans leave Afghanistan if they choose. We believe there are still a small number of Americans, under 200, and likely closer to 100, who remain in Afghanistan and want to leave. We're trying to determine exactly how many. Our commitment to them and to all Americans in Afghanistan and everywhere in the world continues. The protection and welfare of Americans abroad remains the State Department's most vital and enduring mission. If an American in Afghanistan tells us that they want to stay for now and then in a week or a month or a year, they reach out and say, I've changed my mind, we will help them leave. Going forward, any engagement with a Taliban-led government in Kabul will be driven by one thing only, our vital national interests. If we can work with a new Afghan government in a way that helps secure those interests, including the safe return of Mark Freerichs, a U.S. citizen who's been held hostage in the region since early last year, and in a way that brings greater stability to the country and region, and protects the gains of the past two decades, we will do it. But we will not do it on the basis of trust or faith. Every step we take will be based not on what a Taliban-led government says, but what it does to live up to its commitments. So that was, um, there was a lot edited out of that. Of course, you know, they had to narrow uh, a longer speech down to a two-minute clip. But uh, other officials said the terror group ISIS-K carried out what the Pentagon called a complex attack outside the Hamid Karzai Air International Airport in Kabul Thursday. We already know that. When President Biden <clears throat> sat down with NBC, he lied and they inter edited the interview like crazy. <clears throat> There was a number in here where it said they had taken 130,000 people out of Afghanistan, but it looks like they changed the article since it was originally posted because, I don't know that it was because of me, but I said in reply to this, the government propaganda media tells not, does not, uh, la, 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 la. government propaganda media, comma, not one word tells the reader, our alleged leaders, that means our leaders in Washington, because I don't believe they're leaders, but they're alleging that they are leaders, our alleged leaders got all of our citizens out, let me read that again. And General or Secretary Blinken said it in his statement that we did not get every American out. So, again, the article does not mention to the reader our alleged leaders got all, all of our citizens out. They throw out a number of 123,000. So I said a number 
123,000 is a number thrown out there to make people think they evacuated all Americans and allies. Now, Secretary Blinken already said that's not the case. We got a couple hundred left, and I, I think that's probably sugarcoating it a lot. Also, <clears throat> I know Glenn Beck, uh, the Mighty Oak Foundation, and Glenn was working with the Nazarene Fund, as in the Nazarene Church. Uh, they were getting planes and getting people out of Cabal as, that the United States military couldn't get out or would, wouldn't take out, or they were just providing extra airplanes. But they were told when they got there, hey, you have to take these other people with you, Afghan citizens. Nothing wrong with that, because some of them were our allies for the last 20 years. <clears throat> but they were using private charitable dollars on private charitable jets to get Americans out. Because the United States government was not doing it fast enough. Now, the people Glenn Beck and his group got out and the Mighty Oak Foundation and the Nazarene Fund, they may well be included in that supposed 123,000 number. But the media is just putting a spin on this. And just when I, th could, I thought that Joe Biden couldn't piss me off anymore, When I thought that this this bunch that's running the Pentagon couldn't piss me off anymore, I, I thought I was out of things to say about this debacle. I see dog dog uh, cages or dog crates. You know those things you put your dog in to take it to the vet. They left our freaking service dogs behind. They didn't take, the, the military spends a ton of money, okay, I know just for like one training for a police canine can be $12,000 to the best canine kennel trainers in the United States. And maybe some ch charge more because they're located in different places and they, they charge the police what they know the police can afford. But when I got the canine dog for my hometown police, I know it cost the, the town $12,000. And that included the training. Now, the military is spending a lot more than that. And of course, there, there's medical care for the dogs. There's food. There's additional training, housing. All of these things. And these are very highly trained special dogs. But I am a dog lover. I know there are no animal rights in Afghanistan. And I bet you dollars to donuts, you're going to see rogue members of the Taliban or this ISIS-K murdering these dogs. Now there was an update later in the day that supposedly these dogs are being watered and fed and taken care of and some have actually been 
had actually been released into the wild by the Taliban because they didn't know any better. Okay? So hopefully those dogs' natural canine instincts will take over and they'll be able to fend for themselves in the wild, but they'll probably die in the wild of dehydration, you know, starvation. But this is just the half-assed, half-hearted show that this administration has run with this evacuation, this uh, exit. And I'm glad they called it an evacuation of American tr- or American people and t- allies, because that's what it was, was an evacuation. It was not a well-thought-out, put-together uh, mission, at least not by the general politician, generals who are politicians in Washington. We might as well just call them general politicians, because when some of these guys get up to the top, they become political. I just I remember the days of Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf. Not to be confused with Storm and Stummer and Arnold Schwarzenegger. No relation. Norman Schwarzkopf, the general on the ground in Iraq in 1991, which a buddy and I pointed out, that was probably the last war the United States really won. Uh, Korea is a ceasefire. And before that, you have to go back to World War II. So, anyhow, getting on to my point here, you have at least at least 200 Americans, and this liar, Secretary Blinken, is saying that, oh yeah, if an American says, I want to stay for a week, or I want to stay, and a week later they change their mind, there's no American that wants to stay there. It, it, come on. You know? We had uh, American uh, women go over there to advocate for women's rights and help teach women uh, some basic human rights and things. Some of I could, that's the only remote chance, and God bless them, bless their little hearts. I think maybe some of those women might want to stay if they believe the Taliban and believe that they're, the Taliban says they're going to respect women's rights. But the Taliban's already uh, mandated, that's a popular word now, mandated women go back to wearing burqas in public. Uh, the one brave female reporter from CNN, not my favorite network, but she was she was a strong enough woman to stay there on the ground and bring us information from the front line in Cabal when everything was falling apart, when we packed up our airport and uh, bolted in the middle of the night. Uh, I remember the, it's called bugging out. It's an old military term. We just bugged out. We packed our shit and left. Uh, it was, I saw that on an episode of MASH. The Army Hospital Camp was possibly going to be overrun 
by uh, North Koreans on the show MASH. And they, Colonel Potter said, well, we got to bug out, boys. Pack everything up and let's go. And they just packed their shit and left. That's what we did. Packed up what we could and took off. And left left these these poor dogs there for who knows what. I don't even know how, you know, I, I, I saw this picture of these dogs. I'm like, there, there aren't dogs in those kennels. There, there's no way there's dogs in those crates. There's no way. Because our service members have that have spent time training these dogs have a, a personal bond with them and vice versa. Uh, and so you got to, you know, dogs have feelings. They have, they think, they, they know. My dog last night, I was having uh, anxiety and she knew it by the way I was tossing and turning and she would like, you know, lay next to me and put her paw around me and you know cuddle with me and stuff like that these animals have more senses than we know and now they're like there's they don't know where their owner is they don't know where their master is and you leave them there to a bunch of heathens that don't respect other human beings let alone an animal i mean who knows what's going to happen you know and the, the other thing that struck me was they're sitting in front of a nice big American military helicopter. And somebody somehow was with the Taliban soldiers. I don't know what he, he must, he had to have been an Al Jazeera reporter because that's the only ones they would trust. But he was speaking English and he's like, I'm now entering the hangar at the Cabal airport. There's an American Chinook helicopter. There's this, and you can see our, you know, military Humvees down, further down in the hangar. It's like we give these guys all of our equipment, and now they know how to take it apart, what makes it tick. They know it's vulnerable points, all kinds of stuff, you know. It's insane what we left behind, you know. Now, these military service dogs have multiple duties. A lot of them, it's to sense danger. They walk out in front of the, the main group of soldiers, and they, they can sense a bomb. They can sense danger. They can sense a predator, like a, a Taliban or an al-Qaeda or terrorist. Might as well just call them what they are. Hiding somewhere before we know it. Before our soldiers can see it and they can alert our soldiers when these guys find out they, these dogs well, if they don't know already they're going to kill those dogs I, I, and I know some people are like why are you so upset about dogs oh they're just dogs no I have a dog I, I, she's not a trained service dog okay but my doctor wrote me a note that said having a dog would help John's anxiety and I'll be darned if she doesn't she knows even if I'm not tossing and turning let's say at night or acting nervous uh, you know <clears throat> I'm just feeling it inside 
she knows to come up and sit on my lap or lay on me or you know she'll climb up and kind of like put her paws around my neck and start licking my face like she's giving me a hug and these animals are smart they're not just dogs they're not just you know some you know wild critter that runs out in front of your car like a squirrel and I even feel bad for squirrels that get hit and killed by cars but you know they have higher senses higher developed brains than what some of you and evidently these general politicians in Washington and our uh, commander in sleep Biden give them so that brings me to my next point I think After, as I'm reading through my news feed and I'm looking at you know genuine legit news articles I see maybe I don't know if it's Reuters NBC, CBS, Communist News Network, I don't know, whatever. Take a swig on my Coca-Cola here. Uh, I see President Biden to have to address the nation on Afghanistan. So he's going to try to do a victory lap. So, like I said, I was I was having an anxiety attack the other night. So I slept most of the day today. Missed out on all the, the live fun and games, so I had to do cat, catching up on it. Had to catch up on it. I, I catch up on my hamburgers, too. I catch up on my hot dogs. That's about it. Oh, chicken strips. Chicken fingers. They're good with ketchup. French fries, gotta dip your French fries in ketchup. Anyhow, <laughs> point is, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, President Biden's gonna address the nation. So, you know, I slept a little bit more, uh, relax, did some chores, errands, get home, start cook my supper. It's 8.05. I'm like, oh, the president's press conference or where address to the nation it's got to be starting right now or maybe nine o'clock i flip to fox news not my favorite network but when there's breaking news like this or a presidential address that's where i'll watch it or i'll watch it on youtube so i flip on my hulu going through the tv channels all right fox news says Tucker Carlson okay maybe they didn't have time to change the the thing on the guide to say presidential address because you know it was a it was announced and planned this afternoon and I got a moth in my house um it was planned this afternoon you know last second so, you know, the networks might not have had time to update. So I click watch Tucker Carlson, hoping that it was a build-up to the presidential address. So I watch for like a few seconds. I'm like, he's not building up to the presidential address. He's just doing his normal show. So I get my phone out and I search, you know, what time is the presidential address? 
Oh, I flipped the channel instantly to wrestling because I don't care about Tucker Carlson. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway. Look in there. Can't find it. You know, it's, it's showing, you know, Biden's address from last week, his press conference from last week. So, finally, um, I find in the Google search as I'm scrolling down, there's a tweet President Biden will address the nation tomorrow, which is today, actually, as I'm recording this, at 2.52 a.m. It says Biden will address the nation at 1.30 p.m. Why 1.30 p.m.? Usually presidential briefings of this stature... This nature come in wait a minute, I'm relighting my stogie. Come in prime time. You know, I remember the night uh Ronald Reagan, as a little kid, announced that we were uh, bombing um, Omar Gaddafi in uh, Libya after they shot down an American uh, passenger plane, or passenger plane with Americans on it. And... I'm thinking to myself, these these things used to be... I mean, this is like breaking news. I know the Trump press conferences and a lot of our daily briefings on uh, COVID last year were during the day. They were during, like, business hours. And then you would have to catch up on it if you couldn't watch it live. But th- those were different. Those weren't, like, breaking news. They weren't uh, special... Uh, they were, but they weren't, you know what I mean? Uh, it, and, you know, the Trump press conferences might have started at 5 o'clock, but they went on till 7. And 5 o'clock, most people are getting out of work. You know, they're getting home uh, or going to the gym or, you know, picking their kids up or something. But it was within a time frame where people could tune in and watch it. You know... The governors, they did theirs earlier in the day because network television isn't going to give a governor prime time uh, space. That's the expense of TV time. That's when most people are watching. But a president, to make a major announcement like this, just like when George Bush's uh, Mission Accomplished speech when uh, he flew in to an aircraft carrier and gave an address, that was in prime time at the, the alleged end of the Iraq war, which was really just the beginning, but whatever. Why does he do this in the middle of the day? And it's simple, dear Watson, elementary, dear Watson, He does it 
so that you don't see it. Now, I'll be, if it starts at 1.30, and I doubt it, I'll be at the end of my lunch break at work. Uh, I'll be halfway through. So I might be able to catch it. But most people are going to be working. They don't want you to see them. They want to give their friends in the media time to uh, edit it, tell you what they want you to hear, time to cut out all of his stammering and stuttering and missteps. That's why they're doing these in the middle of the day. They don't want you to know he can't stay awake past 8 o'clock. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, they say, he's, he's trying to say, well, I inherited this from Trump. Trump wanted us out on May 1st. The Trump administration had a plan and left him a blueprint. People in the defense, the real, you know, boots on the ground type said, Biden, your plan's not going to work. We have to get all of our people and allies out first. When you're leaving a place like this, and I know that it was planned that we were going to leave military equipment behind for the Afghan army to use, but we took all of our intelligence with us. We took our air cover for the Afghan army. We took our drones that were given the Afghan army uh, a heads up on where the Taliban were. Biden pulled all that stuff out a long time ago. That's why the Taliban was able to advance and take 60% of the country in a very short amount of time and then basically took the other 40% in seven days because rogue generals in the Afghanistan army took bribes from the Taliban and abandoned their soldiers in the field with no ammo and no food and the Afghan soldiers some of them fought to the last bullet and then they surrendered and were killed instantly by the Taliban so anyways I was starting to say when you're leaving a place like this after you've been in a long war and you say, we're taking our diplomats out, we're taking our military out, it, it's over. And it had to be over. I'm not arguing against that. You burn all your secret documents, information, things like the list of Americans and American allies that the Biden administration gave to the Taliban you destroy that information you don't give it to the enemy then you start getting your equipment out you know the stuff that you're not going to leave behind for the Afghanistan army to use you, then you start getting your people out your diplomats, your citizens your allies the last thing you take out is your military, your soldiers, your boots on the ground. And you sure as shit don't leave their 
highly trained, expensive animals, pet, uh, not pets, service dogs behind. A, a canine police officer is not the person that holds the leash. The canine officer in police work is the dog. Police dogs are counted as policemen or policewomen. These military service dogs are generally counted and looked at as soldiers. So we left our canine soldiers behind. We left, at least according to Secretary Blinken, 200, oh, maybe only 100 American civilians behind. And he tries to shade it and say that they, well, they might have wanted to stay. But if they change their mind a week from now, we'll go get them. They didn't want to stay. They just couldn't get through the Taliban roadblocks to get to the airport. Or they got to the airport and were told, go back home and try again. Unreal. So, amen, hallelujah, holy crap, where's the Tylenol? God bless you guys, pray for each other, pray for the people in Afghanistan, and uh, pray for one another, catch you later, thank you.